Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about to books. One, two, one, two, three, four. And welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sydney, you look extra fantastic today. What is going on with you? Well, thank you, Justin. I, I must say, you're looking pretty sexy today yourself. Mm. So kind of you to say, dear. I can only think there's one reason for that. Is it my cigarette? That's right. It's your cigarette. Sydney, I only smoke Campbell unfiltered cigarettes because they are the ones that make you a man. Or a woman. You know, Sydney, the best thing that I've found about cigarettes is the health benefits. I went to my doctor. I said, I'm stressed out having trouble breathing uh, in my T-zone. I'm worried that uh, I am not getting enough nicotine in that area. And you're you're a doctor. I bet you can guess what he told me. <laughs> I bet he told you to smoke a smooth, smooth cigarette. Yes, a cigarette brand cigarette. That's <laughs> what he recommended to me. Cigarette brand cigarettes when you care enough to buy the most generic. You know, the, uh, the great thing about cigarette brand cigarettes is... Uh, it, Get them in the hands of kids. You know, so many kids. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, what? Yeah. So many kids these days look like little wieners. Not literally, but, you know, they act like little wieners. Well, wait. I mean, you don't mean really little kids, right? No. I think if you can get. Uh, here's what I'm saying. If his hands can clasp, he's ready to make ash. That's no, my thing. No. Okay. Okay. I can't. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What's I can't. Wrong? I can't do this anymore. What, we barely been going two minutes. I I know. No, I I don't mean the show. I mean, I, I can't I can't do the sponsorship. Well, why, Sydney? We've worked so hard to build our program to a point where we have sponsors on it, and now you're gonna blow it up for us. Do, do you really think that cigarette brand cigarettes was the best sponsor for our first sponsored show? Okay, maybe not. We're no. a medical show. I'm a doctor. I can't I can't recommend that kids smoke cigarettes. I can't recommend anybody smoke cigarettes. I can rec I can think of a few people who medically should smoke cigarettes. No, I can't think of anybody who should I, medically smoke cigarettes. I can cigarettes. name one off the top. Of my, I can name a bunch off the top of my head. Who? Robots that use cigarettes for fuel. <laughs> okay, fine. There's one. But, okay. But robots are already so cool, right? Why do they need cigarettes, really? Oh, I mean, there. have you thought about that? Crap. Yeah, you're right. Sydney, since we're not going to uh, advertise cigarettes and therefore have to lie about them, why don't you tell me 
the truth about tobacco. Well, the truth about tobacco is, is it's that it's cool. No, okay. we are not endorsing cigarette smoking. I have. Why do I have the feeling I'm going to be saying that a lot during I, this show? I can't imagine. Okay, tobacco. Well, tobacco because the cigarette hasn't been invented yet in the in the old ye olden times. In ye olden times, no. And, and it's it's true. It's fair to say that people have thought that tobacco had medicinal properties for hundreds of years. They were wrong, but they thought it did. Um, it's. You know, a lot of our topics, Justin, goes back to like uh, Europe uh, from the origins of this, or, or perhaps uh, we we go over to somewhere in the Asian continent. Uh, but tobacco is actually kind of a so when, a local. Oh, a lo a lo local a local Huntington, uh, West Virginia, home of tobacco. No, no, not Huntington. Home of but, tobacco usage, maybe. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely the tri-state tobacco area. capital of the world. Well, and in this area in general, smokeless and smokeful. Smokeful tobacco, tobacco. from the makers of cigarette brand cigarettes. Very popular. Um, no, but uh, the most species of the uh, tobacco plant, uh, Nicotiana, are uh, native to the Americas. Huh. There are some that are native to Australia, but most are from the Americas. So when did we start hearing about tobacco? So people were probably using tobacco products for hundreds of hundreds of years before we really have record of them but uh our understanding of the use of tobacco comes from probably when columbus sailed the ocean blue do you remember when that was justin it's gonna be 1492 very good thank you so when uh, columbus arrived he found that there were, the native americans were already growing tobacco and using it for you know pleasurable purposes for smoking as well as for medicinal purposes Actually, the word tobacco is kind of a misnomer. It, that wasn't the word for the plant itself. Oh, yeah? No, it was actually the word for the, the pipe that he observed of um, some different Native American uh, tribes people using to uh, smoke the tobacco. It was called uh, tobacco or tobacco. Huh, interesting. And so he thought that was what they were calling the plant itself. So what's the plant called? The plant has lots and lots of different names. I think it would probably depend on uh, where you were in North America at the time as to what you called it. But uh, petum or betum or koji, kojiabo, kojioba, all kinds of names. A bunch of different names that don't really sound anything like tobacco. Obviously, we didn't just randomly pick up a, a uh, you know, a bunch of leaves and roll it up and take the, take, take the road to flavor country. Uh, we had we had to get there. So how did it how did it start? Well, uh, you know, we have to assume that before we have records that uh, the Native Americans were using tobacco that they they did. You know, they were familiar with lots of different plants for you know various um, medicinal uses as well as for you know food and uh, all kinds of different things. And so they probably had already figured this out through generations of just experience and you know columbus and and the people that came along afterwards just simply observed it um he did note that uh people would burn torches with tobacco leaves to um disinfect areas was the thought and that if you burned a torch of tobacco leaves in an area it could ward off disease or a fatigue interestingly enough not not true uh no okay I, <laughs> that never stopped I was anybody about to though. say aha Tobacco. See, I told you so. It has yeah. its uses. They did see that if you would, um, if you would use enough of it, uh, as opposed to we traditionally think of tobacco and nicotine-containing products as making us jittery 
and, mm-hmm. and kind of hyping us up. Um, but if you use enough of it, it would actually cause loss of consciousness. And uh, it's actually hypothesized that they use this as an anesthetic during one of our uh, our favorite medical procedures on this show, trepanation. Oh, that's uh, drilling a hole in your head. Exactly. Good job, Justin. <laughs> Thanks, Sid. I pay attention. Are you supposed to do that now? No. Very good. Not just a hat rack, folks. It's you all c- brain up there. <laughs> you could also uh, use tobacco. In those days, they would use it. They would mix it with lime or chalk and kind of use it as a toothpaste. So it was used to whiten your teeth. And this is actually still done in India to this day. It's called Mashiri. Huh. And there are um, tobacco-based toothpaste still sell- still sold there. All right, Sid, what else? Tobacco sounds like a wonder drug so far. Well, it actually became that. Uh, by 1500, everybody was trying to find things to use tobacco for. Um the Portuguese explorer Pedro Alvarez Cabral started reporting on all the different ways you could use tobacco. And a lot of these uh, started out as topical, meaning that you applied them to your skin. So, meaning they um, were about the government shutdown. Exactly. <laughs> topical cures. That's it, Justin. That's exactly what I meant. No, you put them on your skin. So for like ulcerated abscesses, fistulas, sores, anything. Um, if you're listening to this years from now, the government shutdown is going on right now. Maybe you're in a Mad Max-style future where the government has been shut down for years and you won't understand why that's a topical joke. It's topical because it's happening, right? Just so you know. Right, and right now it's more of just this funny joke. Right now it's a joke, but to you, it was the dawning of it the apocalypse. Anything I'm sorry. but a joke. It was How just are you that... listening to podcasts? <laughs> for us, it's just that time period where we couldn't go to the Smithsonian. Hey, listen, I don't want to get political here. Um, so they, this is when it began to... Uh, tobacco was known as the holy herb. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could use it for the most desperate cases. I think it's interesting because you could use it for the most desperate cases. It almost certainly wouldn't have worked. But I guess you still could use it. Sure, why not? Give it a shot. Uh, In some semblance of, you know, evidence-based medicine, a Spanish priest in 1529 began reporting on different physicians' experiences with tobacco and how they used it and what their findings were. Um, In particular, uh, he found three, or four physicians, excuse me, four so that's a not a big in sample size not a big in is what we would say in research terms um but they gave him some tips so you could inhale the odor of fresh tobacco leaves to cure your headaches possible nope You could um, take either green fresh leaves or powdered leaves and rub them inside your mouth to prevent colds okay or you could uh, take some like crushed tobacco plant um, warm it up mix it with salt and then let's say you have a big neck mass you need to remove you could put that on the you know the wound that's left after you remove the neck mass specifically for neck masses is what I found I'm guessing all that's made up yeah well I mean I wouldn't do it I, I wouldn't I wouldn't advise it. I'm seeing one of my favorite things here, Sydney, on your uh, your list of of uh, uses for tobacco. Uh, why don't you hit me with that list? See if you can. You folks have noticed a pattern yet on our program? So at that point, uh, tobacco began to um, be used for many different things. Um, it was an aid to digestion. Used as a narcotic, as an anti-diarrheal. Used for fevers. Could suppress your appetite. Used for colic, nephritis, hysteria, hernias, dysentery, toothaches, falling fingernails, worms, bad breath, lockjaw, 
even cancer. Oh, Sid. First off, cancer. Cool. Exactly. Bad job, guys. Secondly. Yeah, bad bad job. Bad job. Mm. Secondly, Sid, that sounds a little bit, to me, kind of like a cure-all. And what do we know about cure-alls? They cure nothing. nothing. Every time, America, wake up. Wake up. And I guess you could kind of look at it, you know, there are a lot Wake of... Wake up! <laughs> Thanks, Justin. There are a lot of bad ideas that we saw, you know, in previous episodes we've talked about spreading across the Atlantic in our direction. Well, this was a bad idea that we sent right back over that ocean in the other direction. Take that, Earth! So probably the earliest documented use of tobacco regularly in Europe was in about 1554. Um, and they started, the first uh, application was for something called yaws, which for these purposes, let's just say is a, a disease similar to syphilis in some respect. Okay. Is it still um, around? Yes. Okay. I believe. Not here. Okay. Not something I've ever come into contact with. Fair. But still exists. Yes. Um, but what's interesting is even then, as it began to spread to parts of the old world, where there was a little bit, I mean, what we would think of, I guess, as research at the time, not what we would call research today, but where people were actually trying to think about things. Um, cons- <laughs> Just thinking. That was the baseline <laughs> in the 1500s. That's not what we're about here in America. We're about doing. Forget thinking. Uh, over in the old world, concerns were being voiced about safety even then, even uh, as early as, you know, the the late 1500s as tobacco use began to become more, you know, widespread. Uh, people noticed that if you use too much, it could cause you to be dizzy and it could cause you to pass out. And um, botanists began to, you know, really study the plant and found that it contained lots and lots of different toxins. But... So did a lot of the medicinal plants we used at the time. So it seemed pretty much par for the course, and nobody was particularly bothered by that. Good. Good. I'm glad tobacco could get a foothold. Glad the witch hunt hadn't started yet. <laughs> I think it's interesting. But back then, you could t- still smoke at the laundromat or at a, a fancy restaurant or at the internet cafe. Right. Those things didn't exist. Now, actual witch hunts did, oh, to be fair. That's true. Uh, the the main use, I think this is interesting, for tobacco became something that was called noli me tangere. Tangere? Tangere. <laughs> Not tangere. Okay. But this was a condition that probably was actually a lot of different illnesses that we all called the, called the same thing because it caused a similar um, skin condition. So, like, um, it's anything that would cause, like, a slow-spreading ulcerative lesion on the skin. So like lupus, syphilis, um, um, a rodent carcinoma or a basal cell carcinoma of the skin probably all would have looked like this. And um, tobacco pastes were made to put on these lesions. That was very popular at the time. Um, this is actually how uh, we got the, the name nicotine was through its use for this condition. For noli me tangere? Mm-hmm. Huh. In uh, 1560, the French ambassador to Lisbon, uh, Jean Nicot, uh, was given a plant by the keeper of a prison that he was visiting. Um, It was a plant that he was told was originally from Florida. And uh, he took it back home and he planted it in his garden. Well, I have to assume as the French ambassador, he probably didn't plant it himself. Probably had his servant. Yeah, he probably paid somebody to plant it. Pierre. Pierre. Pierre Pierre one and two. 
<laughs> Plant this, everyone's name. All of his servants are named Pierre. Pierre 17, bring me my lotion. I love the return of your French accent. For yes, this. it's been too long. Eh? So... Oh, one of his pages had a skin lesion, and this plant I should I should note um, grew very well in his garden at home. Oh, uh, come, Pierre Thirteen, let me look at that. Oh, he's terrible. I must do something. <laughs> Hold on. So he went and got some of this. Where's that Florida? Pl- not the oranges. The f- <laughs> the plant from Florida, not the fruit. The plant from Florida. Yeah, it's excellent. Where's this? So he put that all over that skin lesion on his page's face, and uh, reportedly it got better. Yeah, let me just, oh, fantastic, Pierre. It, lo- it smells great, too. You're going to be a real hit with the ladies, Pierre, 17, 13. Uh, it was noted at that point that um, that it, because it helped, uh, he thought it would help for a lot of different things. So he just sent it to all kinds of different friends with, I- I'm presuming, various skin lesions. Pierre, 13, give this to your wife, Pieretta. Let her try it on her lesions. Uh, it was for, uh, he sent it to people for leg ulcers, for facial tumors, for scrofula, which, again, let's just compare it to kind of a tuberculosis Sorry. type of thing. <laughs> Sorry, did you say scrofula? Yeah, kind of a, just think that about it. That is the like grossest a, a, disease name like ever. There's l- like big lymph nodes, and it's related to TB. Just th- anyway. Scrofula. It was also, uh, there was one guy who almost cut off his thumb accidentally. He, and uh, they just kind of packed it back on and wrapped it in tobacco leaves and um, reportedly it healed. So nah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it healed. I don't know if the tobacco played a part. No. And, and these were all like topical uses. You would, again, just kind of mash the tobacco leaves with oil um, and then kind of apply it in like a poultice or a paste. And uh, because Jean-Nico sent this to so many people, and that was really what popularized it in that part of Europe. It became known as uh, nicotian, which became nicotine. Which is, is of course, French for uh, Nico's uh, salve. I bet. Do you want me to give you that one? Yeah, just pretend it's right. Okay, I'll give you that one. I appreciate it. Uh, so did people catch on yet that it was a little, a little sketchy? Yeah, physicians were actually already starting to grow wary of it. Um, they were cautioning against using it too much, although they were still advocating some small uses. Uh, one physician, actually, Vaughn in 1612, wrote that, um, I thought this was great, tobacco well-dried and taken in a clean pipe, fasting in a moist morning during the spring or autumn, cureth the megrum, the toothache, obstructions proceeding of cold, and helpeth the fits of the mother. Sorry, the fits of the mother? What, uh, what I'm assuming think? hysteria. Okay. Sure, why not? But even Vaughn said, try not to abuse it. Take it easy. Just on, you know, those spring or autumn mornings, moist mornings. Get the barometer out. Check the humidity. <laughs> if it's under 60, no no smoking. But if you're using the word moist, just go away. What if I need to do it to learn how to uh, blow smoke rings or pirate ships? Does it the, blow I, pirate ships? Yeah, like Gandalf on his uh, oh, on his weed. You can't do that. I mean, no, not yet. It's been too. It's it's been too dry. It's, <laughs> I haven't had enough moist well, mornings. To it is an autumn morning almost. It's wait until almost, it's a, wait until it's an autumn morning. It's an autumn morning. Does it fall? September twentieth. Holy crap! Yeah, I know. I know. Time flies. Interestingly, at the same time that there were still physicians in different parts of Europe um, 
advocating its use and certainly the new world uh in russia and china they started banning it um smoking was punishable by death in china (laughs) uh decapitation in russia you could be banished to siberia you know said some people might say smoking's still punishable by death think about it It, it's true it's um poignant not funny yeah think about it yeah let's not think about it don't think about it Fair enough. Okay, you're right. But the, the I, thing I slowed was, things down a little bit. <laughs> the thing was, you'll enjoy this more. Uh, it, yes, while it was being banned and people were becoming, you know, concerned about it, it is addictive. So everybody was smoking it. Right. We love it. We can't stop. Won't stop. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> it's look. Feel this humidity. I'm ready. I'm gonna smoke so this. It it and that's the great part is that, I, and I have to imagine this is purely my hypothesis that because everybody was addicted to it and wanted to smoke it so badly, um, the people found lots of reasons why maybe we still should. For instance, during the London plague outbreak in 1665, children were instructed to smoke in their schoolrooms. God, that would be the I if I could see that once I could die a happy man. I just want to see a whole classroom of kids smoking. <laughs> Someone make me that poster. Do you think they had like a chart, like a like they would show in front of the class, like here is a diagram of smoking. Here is how you do it. No, the song oh, end. Do you think they had a song or a rhyme or something? Mommy says to light my cigarette. I'll grow up big and strong. Yes, you bet. That's good. That was great. That's good. That Thank was really you. good. I bet that's exactly what they sang during the plague outbreak. Possibly. Maybe. They didn't sing anything except plague songs. Do you know any plague? Do you know any old plague songs? <laughs> any old traditional? <laughs> Are plague we going to discuss "Ring Around the Rosie" and whether or not? Oh, I didn't know that. What is that thing? I think so. I don't even remember. No, I okay, think that's that, what it's yeah, for. That makes, it's for the yeah, plague. Yeah, yeah. I believe it's for the plague. Check out our "Ring Around the Rosie" episode coming in yeah. the, in the we'll, coming months. We'll deal with that at some point. Um, in the 1700s, that's when they began to advise uh, blowing smoke in your ear for an earache. Have you heard that? I've heard that. Yeah, that's still that's still something people advocate. Is that Don't. related to ear candling? You think it's the uh, same it's probably a treatment? similar yeah, yeah similar kind of idea. Ooh, that's a whole other thing we got to do. Um, no, people still do that. People suggest a lot of things uh, for us. We guys, uh, we appreciate all the suggestions and keep them coming. We, we're trying to avoid things that people still believe in because nobody. Um, wants to listen to a podcast where someone calls him a dookie head for a half hour. Right. We like to make friends. We like to make friends, not enemies. No matter what, and influence dumb, people. No matter what dumb thing you believe in, as long as you aren't from caveman times, you can enjoy our program. And maybe even if you are from caveman times, we don't discriminate. Some of that stuff is fake, though. You're just gonna have to wait. Hopefully, we'll still be recording the show in fifty years, and then you can. You can learn what a demo you've been. Long after the government has been shut down. Uh, you know, scabies was originally treated with uh, tobacco. Um, actually, what I read was an infusion of tobacco and water. I, and I read infusion, so I assume they mean in the vein. Ugh. Ugh. Outro. Uh, because of safety concerns, though, in the uh, 1700s and into the early 1800s, it was converted into like a salve. So like a nicotine salve. Um, that you could just kind of rub all over you. Nice. It's quicker than smoking, too. You can do that at work. You rub yourself in a nicotine sack. You just cover yourself in a nicotine sack. Nobody will think break. that's weird. Just keep that in your desk drawer. 
Um, as late as 1882, they were still recommending it for outbreaks, a smallpox outbreak. Um, all the residents of a small town were issued tobacco. That's a cool town. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Stop it. No. I don't care what Greece told you. <laughs> it's not cool. Um, they also, as they began to, you know, through the, through the years as we began to realize that maybe tobacco smoke inhaled wasn't a good idea, we'd still advocated its use per rectum. Ah, good. Did you know that that was something we used to do? Not until this exact moment. The tobacco smoke enema was very popular for a variety of, of um, illnesses. This was also the first uh, usage of tobacco to be banned in the workplace. <laughs> Uh, that um <laughs> thanks so it was used for uh worms ew gross strychnine poisoning sure it seems like you might want to act a little faster seems than like that. a weird way to spend your last few movements <laughs> quick <laughs> quick bend over pull down your pants let me light this wait uh, okay and then tell my wife i love her but also <laughs> the other thing uh constipation again seems dangerous mm-hmm. strangulated hernias uh hydrophobia and tetanus uh, actually, in the 18th century, uh, tobacco smoke enema was the principal medical method used to resuscitate victims of drowning. That is the dumbest thing. <laughs> we have talked about a lot of dumb medical. That might be the dumbest thing we've ever talked Quick, about. Quick, he stopped breathing. He stopped. Blow smoke up his butt. Maybe that's what we should say when someone's lying to us. Hey, do I look hey. like I'm drowning? <laughs> you don't need to blow smoke. I like that. I like that. Look like I'm drowning over here. That'll be a joke only you and I will get. And And our listeners. And our dear, dear friends. Um, It was noted in uh, 1913, The Lancet, which is a medical journal that's still around. Um, Many of you will probably know that. There was a chemical in tobacco smoke that could kill the cholera bacillus. But at the same time, they also noted that um, smoking would hurt your immune system. So you're probably still better off not smoking. And this was when we started to notice that like, I don't know, maybe in a lab you could kill cholera with a tobacco, but don't smoke. It's a bad idea. Mm. And that, that was, uh, you know, that went along with the time because in the early 1900s, more and more we were doing studies that started to show a link between lung cancer and tobacco. Um, a proposed link. An, a, a possible link. A theoretical link. Well, no, I mean, it's a real link. Okay, we just didn't know yet. it's a real link. No, and it really put a damper on. In 1926, they started doing studies into injecting nicotine uh, subcutaneously into patients with Parkinson's. Um, they found that it seemed to make things better, like, for an hour or so, and then things went back to the way they were. That's very strange. They also tried to advocate at the time that perhaps um, you were less likely to develop Parkinson's if you did smoke now see I've actually heard that or no 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 you know I'm thinking of Alzheimer's no they didn't they could never support that they actually there were studies that showed uh, smoking was linked to more incidents of Alzheimer's but again uh, a lot of this there were other factors they weren't controlling well for so it's gotta be hard to control something like that though right yeah tobacco study well and you also have to look at the time period everybody was smoking Mm mm-hmm you know, it was a lot harder to do a study, um, you know, because it, it was just normal. It was it was part of, you know, you grew up, you got to, I don't know, 14 and you started smoking. Mm-hmm. Got a job at the docks. You went, you went bowling and you dated a T-bird and 
he smoked a cigarette. I don't know. Um, but by 1950, we knew definitively that lung that lung cancer was definitely linked to smoking cigarettes. Um, and everything started to go downhill for big tobacco at that point. Oh, man. Uh, in uh, 1958, I thought this was kind of interesting. A retrospective study was done looking at all of the different uses for tobacco from like the basically the mid 1800s to the early 1900s. And they decided that that some of those were still successful. Okay. So some things that in 1958, a study said were successful uses of tobacco, um, applying it to bites of poisonous reptiles and insects. Hysteria. Not a real thing. Not so a real thing. Kind of calls your study into question. Still didn't know that. Pain, uh, neuralgia, gout, um, hair growth, tetanus ringworm rodent ulcers wounds respiratory stimulant um you could also use it for constipation hemorrhoidal bleeding um strangulated hernia only by mouth they made sure to note not right. per rectum yeah no that would be less than desirable malaria uh you could dislodge materials from the esophagus by inducing vomiting with nicotine and nasal polyps he said what's a rodent ulcer uh that's that um basal cell skin cancer that i mentioned earlier that's what it used to be called it actually that's that's a um what we would call a, a clang association for those uh medical students out there get back to studying if you if you if uh you see a question on your boards where there's an ulcer that looks like a rodent bite that's a basal cell carcinoma that's what they'll tell you it looks like i don't know having never been bitten by a rodent <laughs> No, we stay away from those. It's 2013. I have to imagine that it was much more likely back in like the early 1900s to have been bitten by a rodent. And oh. so then therefore, if you got a basal cell skin cancer, you would say, it looks oh. like that rodent bite I had once. Looks like one of those mini rodent bites I have right now. They would do everything with rodents. They made chairs out of rodents. How horrified are you at the idea of a rodent bite? I can't understand like a world. You're, they're small. I can't understand a world in which... You would allow yourself to get in proximity. He would have to drop from the ceiling like Mission Impossible in order to bite me. I'm always looking for, for rodents all the time. Uh, in the 1900s, there was also a salve made of um, burnt tobacco leaves just as one last use that was still kind of um, popular. Um, tobacco leaves, lanolin, and they used it for ringworm and athlete's foot and ulcers and wounds. And it also made a good metal polish, by the way. It's 2013, Sid. What are we using it for now? Uh, pretty much the only thing that we're really using um, nicotine-containing substances for are to wean people off of other nicotine-containing <laughs> substances. So uh, you can buy nicotine today in a patch, in a gum, in a lozenge, perhaps in an electronic cigarette, an e-cigarette as it's known. If you want to look cool. Um, and those, again, are all just used. The only indication medically is smoking cessation, so to get people off of uh, tobacco. Um, we know definitively that tobacco is linked with uh, lung cancer as well as a, a myriad other problems. And so um, don't smoke, kids. No matter what we told you in the beginning of this episode, uh, don't smoke. We want you to get off the nicotine, but we hope that you never get off of our program here, Sawbones. Sure appreciate everybody listening and really, really appreciate everybody uh, tweeting about the show. It just means the world. Thanks to uh, the the gals from Stuffy Moose in History Class for their very kind uh, uh, promotion of our program. Absolutely. That made our day. Thank you. A lot you. of you tuned in as a result of that and we, we sure appreciate it. 
Uh, and thank you to those of you leaving reviews on iTunes. Critical Fault, V Wolf, Putting Sugar Duff, uh, Because Satellite, Becca Satellite, there it is, Cheese Car Lover, Prof O'Leary, Ian? Sure. <laughs> Shawnee D17, uh, Action Pink, LA Wilbs, Chayum. Chayum? Chayum. Chayum? Joel W. Ruiz, Lucy Osborne. Schrodinger, Schrodinger's ketchup. Cats up, I believe. Cats up. Uh, and, and so many others of you, thank you so much for taking the time out to, to do that. It, it really means the world to us. If you could go, if you haven't yet, and leave us a review, that would uh, we'd sure appreciate that. Absolutely. And you can always tweet at us at well as well at Justin McElroy. She's at Sydney McElroy, S-Y-D-N-E-E. I also want to say a big thanks to the taxpayers they uh, made up our theme song. It's a song called Medicine. So just for us, they wrote it specifically, wrote for, it us. specifically for us. That is not true. That is not true. But we do love that song. Tweeted them. They're the taxpayers, and thank them for uh, letting us use their music. We or just tweet at us. Did we say that at Sawbones? We, oh, at Sawbones. Yeah, yeah. That's our that's at our uh, Twitter well. handle. So follow us there and and tweet about it. Uh, make sure to keep sharing the show and make sure to join us again next Friday. Until then, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.